Hello, and welcome to Slice of Wine, the podcast that gives you snippets of the people, places, and innovations behind the barrels. I'm your host, Amy Cronin, and today I'm here with Julio Alonso, the Executive Director of Wines of Chile, um, USA, and Mexico. So Wines of Chile is an organization dedicated to promoting Chilean wines and educating consumers and wine trade professionals um, about the Chilean wine regions and its producers. Um, Julio is probably one of the um, more educated um, people in the wine industry I've ever met. Uh, he's a trained lawyer with an international MBA and vast experience in marketing. He's been running the Wines of Chile organization for several years now, um, both in the United States and in Asia, where he stayed for about six years and built the office from scratch. So Julio, welcome. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. It's a great pleasure. Yeah. So you've been doing this Wines of Chile thing <laughs> for some time. You've been uh, promoting and then um, uh, the you know uh, leading the Wines of Chile organization. What's tell me about the mission of Wines of Chile? Well, Wines of Chile is a is a trade association. We gather not only the producers of wine, but also the you know the vertical. Uh, industries related to wine. So we integrated with glass uh, companies, with uh, wine, wine growers, you know, with forwarders. We, we try to integrate all the industry. And our mission um, is to basically position Chile as a premium producer of wine, sustainable and premium in, in the focus market. Uh, we are in, I would say, 170 countries in the world. We're the fourth larger exporter of wine today both in volume and value, and uh, yeah, it's a difficult mission. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, it doesn't come without its challenges, huh? No, we are the, the four after the Europeans countries in terms of export, you know, you have France, Italy, Spain, and then Chile. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult that's, that's entourage. That's a lot of wine. Yeah, that's a lot of wine for a somewhat small mountainous state <laughs> country. Absolutely. So what, what makes... So, you, you, you know, we say, oh, Chilean wines, they're so unique, right? But, I mean, people kind of just say it, and then they don't dive into, like, why? What makes Chilean wines unique? So what is so original about the Chilean wine um, region and, and the producers? Sure, I would say that that is the most common and also most difficult question that I normally wear, <laughs> you know, yeah, faced. And, um, yeah, it's a very, very interesting and exciting question. I think Chile, I mean, you know, Chile, uh, it's a very um, special country in terms of topography, like it's a very long and narrow country. And in that mm -hmm. journey, you cover from the desert to really like the ice of Antarctica. So it's a, you know, 10,000 miles long country with all that diversity in one country, which is very difficult to find. So as a country itself, um, you know, we have we have a special shape and we have a special mosaic of terroir, let's say, that yeah. uh, very few countries in the world will 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 experience in that sense. You know, so the there, I mean, there are Chile and you know, like the wine producing regions of Chile. Um, are they sprinkled with throughout the country, or are they really concentrated in a few areas that are similar? Like, are, is the um, is the terroir does it different? Uh, different is there a <laughs> does it differ a lot? throughout the, the country and throughout the regions? Yeah, we have 23 different 
climates, if you want to go mm-hmm. through that angle. And then those boundaries have been pushed like drastically in the last 10 years. So we have wines from the desert down to wines at 45 you know, degrees latitude. So basically with the penguins, you know. So you have two ways of looking at this from north to south when you go to the you know the hottest plate to the to, to the cold basically and then mm-hmm. from east to west like the proximity to the andes and the proximity to the pacific so in in terms of education like it's very easy to follow chile because it's very like logical in that sense yeah. not for the northern hemisphere people but you know because nobody will understand if you go south it's cooler colder <laughs> that that's And it's difficult to understand that now everybody's on the beach having a glass of Sauvignon Blanc in the sand. It's very difficult that... I know. As we're preparing to get like a snowstorm of glue, two, three glue feet, vine here. <laughs> it's very yeah. di- dif- difficult to, to understand. But that's the reality and it's easy in that way to access like north, south and east, west. Very clear. Yeah. You see a lot of um, talk about sustainability and sustainable, sustainable with Chile. What, uh, you know, tell, tell, tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about like what makes Chilean wines more sustainable um, or more organic or why they can be like that versus other regions. Well, Chile is really uh, a special place in that sense. Remember that we're surrounded by in the north by the desert. It's impossible to cross. And then in the, you know, in the east with the Andean mountains, which is impossible to cross as well for humans or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and then in the other side, you have the Pacific Ocean, like very vast and difficult ocean, very, you know, yeah. aggressive ocean. It's not very Pacific. Um, and then in the south, you have the ice. So Chile is an island within a continent. And it's true. And that applies also for viruses. That's why it's the only country in the world, Philoxera free, the only one, you know, because basically you have a match between pure nature and then, of course, the hand of the human, um, I mean, the, the government and, and the tradition we have in terms of protecting that, mm-hmm. that ecology, that, that, uh, that land. Um, yeah, sustainability basically started for Chile like in the 19th century, you know, in 19, 1832, uh, there is a French um, naturalist who opened a nursery There are still varieties that you find in Chile that are extinct in the rest of the world because of that. In fact, in 1860, the Philoxera like basically wiped up or devastated 80% of the vineyards, let's say, in Bordeaux. And in Chile, you have six Bordeaux varieties, including Carmener, that are still found in Chile. Of, so of, these are the original um, variety, like the, the original strains from Bordeaux that, are, that still exist in Chile? Correct. They disappeared in the rest of the world and they remain in Chile. Of course, with the years, uh, those mm, variety evolved, uh, yeah. you know, and became absolutely Chileans. But yeah, are the initial extinct 19th century variety extinct in the 19th century that remain in Chile. So that's the, uh, for me, that, that that's really, let's say, the beginning historically about sustainability. And then we take it from there, right? Uh, but we have natural conditions that that, that, you know, make this possible. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's like, it, it's like, uh, one of the world's wonders as far as like wine regions are concerned. Um, and probably other things as well. <laughs> but, but. Yeah. I mean, if you think, you think today in terms of the, you know, the ecology and the global warming, like there is only five places with Mediterranean climate in the world. And one of those is Chile. And then mm-hmm. within that structure, you have things that are, 
you know, really, re really special that you won't find elsewhere. Yeah. Now, Chile, Chile is known for being, you know, hey, we they, they having great value for their wines. Um, but it's not a value wine produce like producing country. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not just, you know, churning out like, you know, cheap wine. I mean, these wines, like some of them are, a lot of them are very, very well made. Um, it's just the price is lower here in the United States. Um, let's, I'd love to hear a little more about, you know, some of the, the higher end, um, you know, production and producers and sort of that trend. Like, is that something that is growing in Chile or is it something that's always been integral and it's, you know, this is changing as we speak in the U.S. today, if you want to, you know, a little bit of numbers. Uh, yeah, wines above $50 bottle, like retail price, and above $100 bottle uh, retail price are growing double and triple, respectively, than the rest of the wines in this market. And, of course, it's a, it's a slow yet slow base, but they're, it's, it's the best segments for Chile today. Uh, we used to have a very, very narrow spectrum of wines in these segments, and now this is changing. Uh, and 21 was a huge year in that sense, was a huge year for wines above those prices for Chile. And yeah, what's the reason? It's, it's of course, take, take time, right, to, to position and to really convey uh, the extreme quality of Chile. And I think there is a regionality happening in Chile that, of course, contribute to that. You know, you, you start seeing specific DOs for specific varieties in the last 20, 30 years. And then when you do a good work for that, you know, extension of time, you, you harvest. And this is what is happening. Like with the classical from Chile, in Maipo, Aconcagua, Palta, I would say, with, you know, more Bordelais style varieties to the patrimonial strain from Chile that are, you know, Carignan, Paises, and, you know, Sensos that are, you know, vines that arrived 400 years ago to the country. So just to speak about a couple of, you know, branches of this new Chile that, uh, that it's now happening. Very cool. Well, so you mentioned some sort of indigenous varieties. Are there old varieties that are sort of kind of making that that are still produced in in, in Chile? And that's something that you know, you you kind of think of like you think Chilean wines and you think Sauvignon Blanc, Cabernet, maybe some Bordeaux blends, like very Bordeaux driven in the United States. That's what, like that's what we know. But it sounds like there are other grape varieties some that that are starting starting to emerge uh, in the exports as well. Yes, absolutely. We have our, our flagship variety, it's Cabernet Sauvignon. I will say that, you know, if you want to see it through any metric, like 100-point wines of Chile, there will all be Cabernet. Cabernet. Because we're, we're very <laughs> Makes good a great Cabernet. Yeah. We have great Cabernet. <laughs> and we have a flagship variety, which is, you know, the, the uh, sorry, the signature variety, which is Cabernet. Mm, like, it's a unique variety in Chile and most of the good, very good blends from Chile will have, you know, a small or a significant portion of Carmenet in the blend. So it's like a, you know, it's a signature. And then we have the discovery varieties that we call it that way because the world is discovering this, these varieties, but they're, new, they're not new for us, uh, which is the, you know, the case of Pais. Pais is a, it's a mission grade. 
uh, came from the Canary Island, uh, you know, and landed in Chile in 1550. Like and we're talking about 400 years, wow. 450 years ago. And Those are some old vines. <laughs> yeah, some of them are very, very old, 150, 160. And I think that's, that's completely the old Chile, that it's new from, for the rest of the world, that is now discovering these fresh wines, you know, quaffable wines, like Pais, which, which is a wine will compete perfectly with a Beaujolais Nouveau. And my opinion is that it will win, you know, that, that yeah. race for sure. <laughs> Uh, we need with, a face-off. <laughs> you know, it's. Um, I'm not. I'm not comparing, but we are here in in, in intimacy, right? So we can we can share opinions. Uh, but yes, that that's the old Chile that's becoming new to the world, and some people are really paying attention to that. That's re that's really exciting. I, I you know, uh, I hope to see more pais around. You know, in the stores and hitting the markets here in the United States. That would be. Um, very, very cool to for people to start discovering. Um, and so um, just going back to you had mentioned, you know, 2021 was a big year for sort of like um, discovery of uh, the higher priced wines and maybe some of the new varieties. 2021 has was a, a challenging year for a lot of wine regions, particularly with supply chain issues. Did you have that? Like how did Chile fare with the, the you know, that all of the supply chain um, issues that we were having here in the States during the past year? There are many factors. It's difficult to give you uh, like a definitive answer, but, but yes, we were privileged in that sense because Chile has, uh, you know, has a lot of flow in terms of vessels and have big ports, Valparaíso and San Antonio, that are not only, of course, for wine. You know, we are the biggest exporter of copper in the world which grew 41% in 21, and it's a huge amount of, it's more than 50 billion uh, in exports. And then you have all the rest of the commodities that Chile produces, like wood and in the, you know, the food side, we're very, very big in fruit, first country in the world in uh, table grapes, first country in the world in cherries, uh, blueberries. So it's not only about wine, but that, you know, it's like the base to have a, to have a very like functioning port and we had no problem in that area. Um, but if you compare to New Zealand or to Europe where too many ports, the vessel was not stopping by in certain ports. So delays start to happen. And yeah, and unfortunately, fortunately that, that was not a, a dramatic problem for Chile. Uh, and I hope it won't, it won't be. Um, but then yes, it's, it's not the only, constraint because then you land in, in the US and you have like a lack of 100,000 drivers, <laughs> truck drivers. Yeah. So you could get and, it. Chile had, the, Chile had no problem getting it to the United States. And then, you know, from there, there eh, other chains could break down. But it sounds like, you know. It's a long chain. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long chain. It's a long chain. But, um, but it seems like it was actually an advantage to uh, the Chilean wine industry that Chile had such a strong port and such a strong export business coming out of basically like a centralized area that allowed you to not have issues of getting product out of the country. You need during. to take into account that Chile is a, it's a, it's an export country in the essence, in the core. Our 60% of the GDP of Chile's exports. So 
we we're really committed to this side of the economy yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know and many people's life depend on our exports so yes you're not going to mess that up <laughs> not at all which is which is a different with the big countries right you like the US you can survive by your own we we can't right you got the well, as you said you have the desert you're surrounded by adverse uh <laughs> you have the desert, you have the harsh ocean, you have penguins, can't trust them, and then the, <laughs> these mountains, like, what? <laughs> it's you a very resilient say. country. I mean, remember that yeah. the, the, the highest, like, uh, earthquake register in humanity happened in Chile in 1960, and many of the top 10 earthquakes in the world, in the, the humanity, like, the story of humanity happened in Chile and we have 200 and 2,500 volcanoes half are active so it's a resilient country yes and we can yeah. say that with with facts not only the attitude yeah. <laughs> yeah this isn't this isn't just you know wordplay here it's really it's really resilient so what do you see um you know for in coming years um, sort of like, what do you, what do you see as the future for Chilean wines? Where is it going? How is it evolve, going to evolve? Well, I, I, I have a dream, right? Um, well, tell us the dream. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, we, we, we are far away. People think that it's hard to get to Chile, which is not because for, for a person living in the East coast or in New York, I don't know, you will take a, a night and night flight and you will you know, wake up in Chile and have a great breakfast there. There's no time zone difference. So it's ideal. It's better than go to Hawaii in that sense. It's much easier. And so, of course, we need more people coming down to experience the culture, uh, the friendship, uh, the terroirs, the climate, that it's great, and our wines. And that is something that hopefully after the pandemic will, will happen. And yeah, it's about exploration and education, of course, for Chile, because we have a lot of stories to tell. But since this is a very competitive arena, uh, you know, we are competing with other stories, uh, of course. But, but I think our mission is precisely that, to bring to these markets like the depth of our history and people. And, uh, and I think it's a combination, you know, when you see U.S. consumers going to Portugal and then enjoying... The wines and the food and the music from Portugal is, is precisely because they are experiencing that culture by traveling there. And uh, we are partnering with tourism from Chile and other uh, industries to, to, you know, to make that possible, to build an image for Chile, not only in wine terms. You need the whole you know, uh, spectrum of cultural assets. Well, so if there are three takeaways, or I don't know, two or five or whatever, <laughs> a handful of takeaways I could put on my hand um, about Chile and Chilean wines, what would you like them to be? What should they be? People. Another very difficult, very difficult question with, with a lot well, of answers. We're hard hitting here on Slice of Wine. <laughs> no, I think if you want to drink sustainable, drink Chile and explore like really uh what are our commitments in that uh, arena, like socially, uh, ecologically, by, in terms of biodiversity, like Chile, it's really like top of the notch. And, and then please, uh, I will encourage to dig in in our diversity of wines. Don't, don't just try our fabulous cabs, but then you can go down, you know, for extraordinary paises and for 
Marvelous Carmeners and for the great Sauvignon Blanc now in the spring. I'm saying it's spring, but it's the middle of the winter. But, um, <laughs> but it's so, Chile, it's summer, so Sauvignon Blanc is fair game. <laughs> I, I, I still have my mind in, in the summer in Chile, yes. So, uh, but yes, diversity, sustainability, diversity, it's, it's overwhelming. And then please visit us, go to Chile. I mean, we were featured by Bloomberg as the safest place on earth for this winter to be. And yeah, some friends landed there, but we need more. <laughs> awesome. Well, I like those takeaways and I'm going to look um, on Expedia for a ticket to Chile and I anything to get away from this storm that's coming down the pike. But it sounds um, like a beautiful place. It's to be. a great and... option where 97% of people vaccinated, adult population. So it's a great place to go now. Awesome. Well, thank you, Julio. It was wonderful having you on the show. And um, every, uh, check out winesofchile.org, um, right? Correct. <laughs> check out winesofchile.org. Um, look on Expedia Chile. for tickets. Huh? And Drink Chile, our social and media. Drink And Drink Chile, yes, their social media um, uh, handle. And um, look for tickets to go down there, um, possibly this winter, and uh, enjoy some time. Please let me know. <laughs> Call Julio. Thank you, Julio, for joining us. Thank you very much. Big, big pleasure.